This is a Pele Media Podcast. Welcome back to Jurassic Park Minute. Jurassic Park Minute is the fan podcast that chronicles and overanalyzes the classic 1993 film Jurassic Park Minute by Minute. I'm Kyle. I'm Brady. And today we're here to bring you minute number 113. So, uh, Brady, this is the famous Unix system minute, is it not? Yeah. Oh, boy. The old high-tech-looking Unix system. Yeah, and we've been waiting the entire... They, they, all Everything we've done has led up to this minute where we can say it's yeah. a Unix system. That's the whole reason we got into this game. So we shut the, if we shut the show down after this episode, no more Jurassic Park. Yeah. Minute. No, I'm just kidding. we got a week and a day left of episodes. So are you getting, uh, getting kind of sad about the show coming to an end? I really am. You know, this is, um, even though I'm doing Goonies Minute, uh, it's Jurassic Park Minute means, you know, it's, uh, it's one of those movies that's close to the heart of everybody from my generation. Mm-hmm. So it's been very exciting to be able to give it, uh, do it in this format. But, um, this is, you know, it's a lot of work. And I've been going at this with three now at the same time, basically for almost a year. So I need a break. Need a little, yeah. need a little break. I'm definitely looking forward to that part. Yeah. <laughs> But it's, uh, it's been a very fun ride. We've met a lot of really cool people, like, you know, Brad Jost, who had us on his show, The Jurassic Park Podcast, uh, which we were guests on this week. So, uh, yeah, this week's episode, if you haven't caught it, uh, Brad interviewed Brady and I for over an hour. Uh, we had a lot of fun chatting about all sorts of stuff related and unrelated to Jurassic Park. It was a really cool, really cool time with a really cool guy. So uh, if you're looking for something to listen to, I uh, highly suggest going to listen to that. It's pretty entertaining. So, But, hey, Brady, you ready to get into minute number 113? Let's do it. In the previous minute, we saw Tim and Lex lock a raptor inside of the kitchen freezer. As the minute ended, we saw Ellie, Grant, Lex, and Tim run into the control room as the remaining velociraptor found them. At minute 113, Grant has locked eyes with the remaining raptor through a small glass hole in the door. The raptor slowly looks down towards the door handle. Grant grabs his side of the door handle. At 113.05, the raptor kicks the door open. Grant attempts to hold the door from his side. Ellie runs to help him. Grant screams for her to boot up the door locks. Ellie braces the door with her back and tells him that he can't hold it by himself. At 113.15, Lex slowly turns her head towards Nidri's computer as Tim bounces up and down with his hands on his head. Lex runs to Nidri's computer and mouses over the graphic interface. Tim runs to her side as Grant and Ellie continue to brace the door. Lex says to herself that it's a Unix system and that she knows it. Lex states that every file in the whole park is represented in the system. She highlights a node on a map and says that she has to find the right file. At 113.34, Grant asks Ellie if she can reach the gun. We see that the raptor is struggling to open the door behind him. Ellie attempts to reach the gun with her boot. At 113.39, we cut back to Lex trying to find the command that will lock the doors. At 113.43, Ellie tries to hook the shotgun strap with her boot. She fails. Ellie tells Grant that she can't grab it unless she moves. At 113.50, Lex tries another file. Grant is losing the battle and keeping the raptor from entering the control room. The raptor is able to grip the door. Its claws breach the door. And thus ends minute number 113 of Jurassic Park. So the question that's been going that's been on a lot of people's minds probably since this movie came out is whether or not a Unix system is actually a real thing. And uh, lo and behold, it actually is. This is actually a real uh, kind of like file interface she's using here. And of course, if you notice, when the camera pulls out, it's on a Silicon Graphics computer, and they were kind of at the forefront of 
pushing 3D graphics technology. So this was just kind of a graphic interface they made of like a regular file finder. And I don't know why anyone would use this other than to kind of visually convey to an audience that a character in a movie is trying to find a file because, as you can see, it takes forever for her to kind of go through the file hierarchy and try to find what she's looking for. So, uh, yeah, but it, it was an actual thing, an actual uh, thing. So I find, uh, you know, like Windows Explorer or, you know, just Mac Finder a lot easier to work with personally, but... Yeah, you can actually see on the Unix system layout that uh, you, you can kind of see like different parts of the park, like mm -hmm. research, for example, is one of them. And that's something that I don't think we actually uh, got to see in the movie. Now, yeah. that was kind of a cool touch to kind of broaden the scope of it. Uh, sort of similar to the way in Jurassic World, you got to see one of the old signs, one of the old Jurassic Park signs as uh, the ambulance they're in is driving down the road. And I believe it said research. Uh, I, if, if, you know, if I'm not mistaken on that, um, which is just one of those cool things that adds to the scope of the whole park, to the whole world of this whole thing. Yeah. Uh, so I love how the Raptor, I mean, as soon as Grant sees it at the door, it has just walked up to the door. First thing it knows to do is look down and open the door handle. Yeah. Yeah. So it's already understood the, you know, you know what that is, what this is. It is a door. There's the handle. I'm going to do it. And for a second, I thought he was hearing Grant say the keyword door, so he was able to recognize it by that. But he hasn't, you know, all he knows is the, the actual doorknob. Um, he hasn't learned English yet. He doesn't know the, the, the clicker. That yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's the way a dog knows the word bath, and it knows to run from that. But uh, it's, it's also just one push to the doorknob. It's not like the multiple attempts that it had trying to get into the kitchen. And it's, you know, also, again, one of those kind of predictable moments where Grant, you know, put on, he's standing in front of a window at the door, go put on the door locks. He leans down, comes back up. You know exactly what's going to be there, but it doesn't matter. And it works. It's effective. I mean, that's a really terrifying moment, not just because the Raptor is there looking at him, but you can sense the Raptor's personality. Mm -hmm. You know that it's thinking and it's, tr it's actually trying to intimidate him by holding that stare and then doing its little snarl and breathing on the glass, which is something else we saw happen at the kitchen when the raptor, you know, is looking through the hole in the window hole in the door and it lets out that giant, which I used to think was just a sneeze. But now I think it's actually some kind of call, a sense of intimidation, like, I know you're in there. I'm coming for you. Well, uh, I mean, and it's it happening be, here again. It might be smelling its surroundings to kind of get an idea of what it's like. Like, have you ever had like a dog, like you're laying on the ground and a dog will come start like sniffing you like... <laughs> Like that, and then the very last mm -hmm. thing, it just blows out like a huge puff of air. It's, it's kind of like yeah. it's cool. trying to figure out like what you're doing, or it's kind of like smelling at you. And then that last one is to clear its nostrils. So I think that's just kind of the Velociraptor. I mean, you know, here are animals that have no experience with like glass or metal other than that pen that they've been locked in for so long. So it might just be kind of like smelling the glass, you know, trying to figure out like, okay, what is this? See through. There's... I can see through it. Why can't I push my face through it? Yeah. Uh, either one of those. The fact that the filmmaker said, let's make these things like uh, familiar animals. Do Having the traits of familiar animals like a dog in this right. case is awesome. I mean, that is so cool that they just had sense enough to include all these things. Uh, so we also get to see whenever Lex figures out what she's going to do, she runs. Grant and Eller are trying to hold the door closed. What is old Tim doing? Yeah. And he's just like hopping up and down, holding his head, which again, after everything this kid's been through, I would probably be doing the same thing, but it always gets my attention. It looks so goofy. I thought that you, but, uh, you, you can definitely hear Spielberg telling him, I mean, the focus is, you know, on Lex, on Ariana Richards at this point. So he's like, 
okay, this is what you got to do. Slowly turn your head and realize that computer's over there. And I, I, I don't know, Joe, just jump up and down or something. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, Ariana, yeah. <laughs> come over to this computer. You know, it's just kind of like very little direction was given to him. Like, yeah, you're probably just, you'd just be jumping up and down. I mean, it works, but it's yeah. always kind of like, you can tell that not a whole lot of direction was given to him. Uh, I mean, yeah. he has to be there to establish that he's still in the room and to keep you thinking about him. You know, he doesn't do it very often. In my mind, she's working on the computer the whole time and he's bouncing around with his hands on his head, just like watching them try yeah. to keep the raptor from coming in the room. But he turns around and runs over to her pretty quickly, too. But I guess by the time that they get into the dining room and Grant leaves them and he's going to go find the others, Lex carries the entire rest of the movie. I mean, anything that's done that makes any difference on saving the day is through Lex, I think. Granted, uh, I guess Grant has the sense enough to like go up through the ceiling to get across, but the Unix system, saving her brother, uh, you know, it's being the one responsible for getting the helicopters there at all, uh, is Lex. Yeah. So this she is, is her such hero a badass. Moment. Yeah, she yeah, has exactly. spent the, the better part of the movie, her character arc is that she has frozen up in fear about everything, that she's the one mm -hmm. who is scared of the vegetarian dinosaurs. You know, she's scared of the fact that Grant is going to leave them again. You know, she's the one that panics and pulls out a flashlight and kind of gets everybody in trouble. So up until this point in the movie, she has been uh, catatonic in fear, and this is the moment where she conquers the fear, and she's given that you know, kind of uh, that sis that bigger sister, you know, uh, instinct to take care of your younger sibling, you know, where she hides yeah. Tim, brings him to the kitchen, you know, does the, you know, tries to lock herself in the, in the, in the, um, in the cabinet. And now her big hero moment is that she's the only one that knows how to use the Unix system. Cause Dr. Grant's sure as heck isn't going to be able to do that. Ellie looked like she had a pretty yeah. good idea of what was going on, but you know, she's the second biggest person in the room. She's going to have to help Grant brace the door. So, but uh, yeah, this is definitely Lex's uh, moment to shine. So I noticed something cool that I've never seen before until today. Uh, and it's whenever Lex is running over to the computer. Actually, I think it's when Tim is rushing over to be by her. You can actually see the rotating theater really? behind the glass uh, behind them. Yeah. And it's just for a second. And I guess, you know, it just seems like a movie where they would have allowed the Tyrannosaurus Rex to kind of, you know, bust out through the gate earlier uh, where he's on ground, and then later we see that the car falls off a cliff that should be there. I think there might be a few other examples of things like that in this. I, they're not coming to mind, though. But the fact that that's in there, and it's so subtle, and it's only seen for like half a second, which, you know, was the reverse side of this set, right. uh, is, is really interesting. You know, because I can't imagine that the theater set, whenever you see the entire control room from the th in, within the theater is the same set or has the same backing that it would have when you're actually shooting within the room. It seems like so, it'd be a lot to build all of that. I, I didn't yeah. notice that. I need to go back and rewatch this minute and oh, try very to look brief. for that. Oh, huh. but yeah. yeah, it seems like it'd be a lot of, you know, they just shoot around something like that. You know, you, mm -hmm. you, you want to build a set with three, you know, two to three walls that you can kind of move a camera around in, but to actually build that other wall, that's only going to be seen for like one second, you know, it's uh, yeah, uh, basically it's, like, a sitcom set is what mm -hmm. you, and if you think about it, you never see the other side of where Ray is sitting. Right. Um, you never see Jerry's so TV in Seinfeld. You never see them like watching from that side. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that has yeah. a, yeah. So anyway, that was a kind of a cool little touch, assuming that it wasn't a, that 
this was the entire room they've been shooting in the entire time. They just never turned the camera around because there's no need to. Could be. But, uh, yeah. And you know what? There, there may be the other side of the wall that's seen for a second that's just not coming to mind. So Could be one of those scenes, too, where they, you know, come in and they're like, oh, we have to build this rotating, you know, uh, carousel of viewing room that we had earlier that stopped there. And then they only, or they edited all that stuff out, you know, or they didn't end up using it at all. That's true. It's like, you know, like the yeah. Superman Returns movie, like there was this opening scene that Brian Singer really wanted to shoot and convince the studio to pay like $10 million for. And it's Superman going back to his home planet and seeing that Krypton's destroyed. And it cost $10 million to shoot. And then they were like, you can't start a movie off like this. It's just too slow. So they just took the whole thing out of the movie. And it's like $10 hey. million wasted on that. It's like, what the hell? Man, that you movie. Gotta do, you got to make that call. When you're making a movie, it sucks. Yeah, uh, it's really tough. But well, anyway, that's all I've got for this minute. How about you? That's all I have as well. Uh, finally, we got to the Unix system moment, so it's been all worth it just to get to this to, to this moment to talk about that. So, uh, but yeah, that's everything I've got. So we can go ahead and get out of here. And folks, tomorrow we will we will be back with minute number one fourteen, and we will enter the final week of Jurassic Park. So there you go. All right, I'm Kyle. I'm Brady. And until next time, hold on to your butts. Jurassic Park Minute is a fan-supported podcast. If you like the podcast, then leave us a review on iTunes. You can contact us at JurassicParkMinute at gmail.com and visit us online at JurassicParkMinute.com, Facebook.com slash JurassicParkMinute, and Twitter.com slash JurassicMinute. You've been listening to a Pele Media Podcast. For premium content and exclusive podcasts, visit us at patreon.com slash Media. Check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash Media, and follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash Media. Media.